Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am super excited to um, introduce our guest today, Cindy Ertman. She is, I'm going to put on my glasses to give you a proper introduction, Cindy. She is um, my coach, a friend, and an amazing lady. She is the a success strategist, a mortgage coach, a trainer, a speaker, a best-selling author. Um, she is the CEO and founder of The Defining Difference. And um, what The Defining Difference does is it's a company that devotes and helps, them, helps people master the power of intentional choice to create a defining difference in their own lives. And I can actually say that Cindy has done this personally for me. So I thought it was so important to have her on this podcast to really give her great nuggets of um, how to be successful and what her great keys and strategies are to that. So welcome, Cindy, and thank you so much. Thanks, Sue. It's always so fun to communicate with you and share strategies and business strategies. And it's just a, such a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Well, Thanks thank you. Um, let's just jump into the great keys to success. and. Can you just tell people in your own words, like, how did you get into this business? Because none of us get into mortgage. Uh, it's all by happenstance most of the time. So how did you get into mortgage? And then how did you hone in your skills to really enjoy and do what you're doing now? Well, you're right. Nobody goes to college to become a mortgage loan originator, right? We all end up here by accident. I was working in um, the real estate development industry, actually. I was running a marketing department for one of the largest um, apartment development companies in the state of California. And we merged with Gibraltar Savings out of Beverly Hills. And so um, I was in that role for five years and talk about tapping me. I mean, it pushed me outside my comfort zone every single day. And so much so that I ended up negotiating a deal at the White House when I was 25 years old. It was a pretty big deal. But, wow. you know, the federal government actually shut down our SNL. And I found myself with a six month old baby going, What do I do now? And having absolutely no idea. And a girlfriend of mine said, You know, you should think about the mortgage business. I hear it's the best kept secret for women. And I thought, Oh, I don't want to be a loan rep. Right. No, no. <laughs> But she caught my attention. So I started doing some research and researched the largest residential lending division in Southern California. So I ended up accepting a job with California Federal Savings in Brentwood, California. And uh, that was over 30 years ago. And the rest is history. Wow. But, you know, it's funny, those things that you fall into. And I found something that I was incredibly passionate about and you know, made a choice early on, as I know you did too, Sue. It's just, I didn't want to just be good at this thing called mortgage. I really made a decision early on that I wanted to be great. And so I started seeking the success habits of great leaders that had come before me because I thought I don't need to really reinvent it. I just need to find right. successful people and do what they do. Right. So 
Um, and what you, what do you, so many people might not realize now that you are in California. So you're on the other side of the United States than I am. Cause I'm on the East coast. And, um, what would you do at defining difference now to really help people? Well, you know, during my mortgage career, one of the things that I started to realize is that I did have like a passion and a gift for really connecting with people in a deeper way. And as you know, in the mortgage space and really in any sales profession, right, it's all about connection. I think business in general is how we, how well do we relate to other people and form relationships. So in the mortgage space, it's all about building relationship with our referral partners and ultimately our clients and developing relationships with people that know, like, and trust you. And so, you know, getting to know people at a deep level is really at the core of my being. I'm really a connector and I love people and I'm very curious about people. So um, early on, I started sharing some of the gifts that I had on the mortgage space, some of the practices I was putting into place where I was getting traction. I'm a big believer, Sue, in sharing our gifts because I find a lot of people are very, um, scarcity mindset. Like if I share my top secrets with you, you're going to steal my secrets and you're going to outperform me. And I say, it's exactly the opposite. The more I can help you be successful, Sue, the more successful I become. And it's just that abundant mindset. So from a young age in the mortgage industry, I started sharing everything that I would do where I got traction on. And I remember my mortgage partner would be very frustrated with me because I come up with this great strategy. I'd go implement it. And ultimately, I ran a very large mortgage branch with over 30 loan officers that I led their sales meetings every month. And so I would try a, a new strategy. And if it worked, I'd roll it out to my office 30 days later. And then I went on to the faculty of Loan Toolbox, Tim Brahim's company. It was on the faculty teaching and training for them for 17 years. And I would roll it out nationally. And I always like 90% of the people aren't going to do it anyway. But if you can help those 10% and help empower the growth of others, really magic happens around that that growth. And so I really encourage people to get clear on your gifts and really share them generously with the people in your sphere, the people that are in your own offices, um, other originators, really help empower people to grow because it's very fueling. I totally agree with everything that you're saying. I work from an abundance mindset. I think that you should totally share everything that you can. I always tell people when I put something out on social media that it's theirs to take and use. And that's, uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just honing it to be better each time. And it just gets better and better every time you spread the word um, because it comes back. Somebody might tell you something and you might change it a little bit that could help somebody else. It's, it's totally amazing how that works. And I agree with you. What do you feel your three keys to success have been and are? Well, oh my gosh, there's more than three. So might have you might have to give me a little leeway here. <laughs> I'm giving you. You can give us as many as you want. I'm gonna you open know, it up to. Yeah, um, I didn't even put this word on my list, but this is if I had to like, I think so much about success is perseverance and not giving up because so many of my wins in business have kind of been on those times where sometimes you think you're going to give up and you go, okay, well maybe if I just tweak it a different way, or maybe I really pay more attention to how I'm messaging this and might get greater traction. So perseverance without question, because it takes a lot of perseverance in the mortgage industry. It is not for the faint of heart. So it is not never giving up. I, I always 
think back to my my biggest referral partner I ever secured, a top number one realtor in Manhattan Beach, California. My partner and I pursued him for two years. Now, most loan originators wouldn't have been rejected for two years. They would have passed on him after the first three attempts, right? Right. But we just decided we were going to drip on him every single week. And at the end of two years, we got a text from Sean saying, I'll give you 15 minutes at your office. And he ended up coming to our office. I will never forget the conversation. He stayed for two hours, gave us a $1.4 million loan while he was in my office. And he made a decision that day. And I said, why us and why now? He said, because never in my career have somebody pursued me like you pursued me. And I figured if you pursued me that diligently and I never responded, you'd never give up on my clients. And that was a big lesson for me. I so love that. It's perseverance is big. And I think also, you know, living with great intentionality. It's very easy in our world today with so much coming at us to be busy. And so many people are busy, but I would challenge you to really think about your day-to-day activities and are you really productive with your time? Because as coaching originators all over the country and many leaders, you know, they'll go, well, I'm so busy. I don't have time to work on my business. But the problem is if you don't compartmentalize and structure part of your day and take the reins back of your business, you will never grow. You cannot scale. You can't become a top producer. You've got to really learn to compartmentalize your business and focus on what matters most, which isn't just being in it, but working on it, you know, moving into that leadership role, creating a vision for your future and executing to the vision instead of just flying by the seat of your pants. Easier said than done. I agree. And I do think it's hard, especially in this marketplace. Um, The intentionality has to be time set times. So that you know when you're doing it, because uh, you can easily get sidetracked, especially with a loan on fire uh, and all that other stuff that's going on. So we have per- perseverance, intentional, intentionality, intentionality. If I can get that out, <laughs> uh, what are a few other ones? Well, and you and I talk about this a lot. You know, I think being coachable, right, and seeking help from those have, that have come before. And I just, I have, I have had a coach my entire career. I just spent six months researching a new coach for me. Um, I paid for coaches long before I could afford it. Uh, one of the guys I was coaching last week, he was, if I had a thousand dollars left, I would spend the last thousand dollars on the best coach I could find because they help you take bolder, make bolder choices than you would make by yourself. You know, they will help you with accountability, as you know. I've had incredible coaches in my career. One of my best coaches of all time was Daniel Harkavy, who I'm building champions. And Daniel really pushed me. And I remember, you know, growth is scary, right? I mean, because it's pushing us outside our comfort zone. And yet that's where the gold is. And the more you continue to push yourself to grow and do those things that are uncomfortable, the more you call those 10 new referral partners and you get some yeses, it starts to fuel this perpetual growth. And pretty soon, you know, I always say when your mission um, is greater than your fear, your fear will take a back seat. And my mission to serve others, you know, in the role of launching my coaching company and literally leaping off a cliff and walking away from a seven-figure business that I'd spent 30 years creating was a very scary thing to do. So as I'm sure you could imagine, but the reality was, 
I had that little voice inside my head for many years that said, you know, I've created this ability to influence others and I want to influence more people and create a greater impact in the world. And so to do that, I had to go into a very uncomfortable place and I had to build a new company in the hopes they would come and continue to persevere. And fortunately, I built it and they came. But I believe that if you have the passion for something, you should say yes to that and listen to our intuition, because how many times do we use our head to squash our intuitive sense? We talk ourselves out of so many great opportunities that we should say yes to. And many people don't because they're scary, right? And it feels uncomfortable. Right. And what you said is amazing. And you have done an amazing, wonderful thing with defining difference. Uh, I have been there. I have seen how you change 14 individuals in different time frames into becoming a tribe for each other and the growth that I've seen in so many individuals over the last two years that I've worked with you has been unsurmountable. I mean, it is amazing to watch and the radiance that people, are, the, the light that people shine with you is just amazing and how you change them is great. Uh, one of the questions we have, and we're taking questions, if you want to just put them into the comments, is how, and I'm going to do questions while I'm asking my own questions, if it seems like the right time. So I think this seems like the right time. How do you find the right coach, Cindy? Someone's asking, like, how, how do you find the right coach? Do, how do you make sure they fit? Well, I mean, I do think coaching is a very personal choice, right? And it is a relationship. So you and I have formed a deep, connected relationship on many levels, and that's really what it's about. So when I'm doing, I offer complimentary exploratory calls. And the reason I do that is because it has to be a great fit for both people, right? I mean, and I want to coach people that really want to grow and we meet people where they're at. So it's growth frequently is very small, like they're incremental shifts. People get scared of coaching because they think you're going from zero to 10, but it's just making those shifts along the way and having some support. So I say in terms of, I mean, ask people around you, who have you coached with? That's really great. Obviously the internet's a great research tool, but I think so much of it about is about having the conversation and working with someone that you feel aligned with. And so much of it for me has always been, are we a values match? So when I'm looking for a coach, I want a coach that has been there and done that and gone before me and led the way. Right. So I sought a coach right now that's built a massive international coaching company, right? Because I want someone that has already created that so I can learn from them. Right. So for me, the people that I'm coaching, I coach a lot of leaders that are leading teams because I, I led a very large team. I built a branch in a region as you know, and you have done very much of the same thing, Sue. So um, coaching is a very personal experience. I think so much of it is finding somebody that you relate to, that you can know, like, and trust, and that you can take direction from. I, I agree with that. And I did the exact same thing that you're saying. I looked around. It's so funny. Someone who I asked to be my coach, they were like, well, I should not be your coach. You need to call Cindy. <laughs> and they actually told me that like five years before I actually called Cindy. So, and then I was like, oh yeah, they're totally right. I should have just called Cindy five years ago. So, um, but it, well, I'm so glad eventually you called Cindy. <laughs> so I needed to have the time where I could devote to myself also. So it's really a reflection and 
having something in common. You know, we have the kids in common, we have the mortgage in common, we have that we're leaders in common. And I think that that's all so important. Um, who do you admire in your world? Well, I have a lot of people that I admire clearly. Um, as you know, one of my probably greatest business mentors has been Jack Canfield. He wrote all the chicken soup for the soul books. I, everyone in my life thought I was crazy in 2009 because I was running a branch in a region and raising three kids and decided to sign up for this train their trainer program with Jack. And it was, it was a departure for me having a mortgage coach because I'd already always had a mortgage coach. And so Jack is much more in the world of personal development, but I joined a year long program. We spent three physical weeks together in a third year, which is really a lot of time to take away from family and a business. Um, and I spent the first three days trying to figure out how to get out of it. And I'd made this horrible mistake and I was trying to exit and get my money back because it made me so uncomfortable because I'd never done that deep of a dive into looking at myself. And, you know, it's so funny how this stuff works, Sue, but I decided to stay in that program. And the whole reason that I now have my coaching company to define the difference is because I stayed in that program and I learned from other leaders. It was a hundred leaders from all over the world. And to this day, I look back going, the journey I've been on in the last 10, 12 years has been crazy since right. I joined that program. I am leaving in a few days to go to Jack's Transformational Leadership Council. I'm in his council with 150 transformational leaders from around the world. And now I get to bring so much of that incredible work to the mortgage industry. And so I kind of get to blend the two worlds. So I really encourage people to realize how much joy there is in growth and getting a little bit uncomfortable. And when you know, I always, you know, there's a question that you and I've talked about this in our group, but there's a question that I was asked many years ago and it changed my life. And so I want you to just jot this down for a minute. You know, if you fast forward your life 10 years from now and everything is exactly the same as it is today, I mean, in your financial situation, in your relationships, um, in your career, in your health and your wellness, if everything is exactly the same, are you happy, satisfied and fulfilled in every area of your life? And if the answer is no, then the time to make change is now, because so much of the time we think about, like you said, it took you five years to call me, right? We know we need to make change. We know we want to take the step, but we can't afford it. We don't have the time. There's Those are called excuses. Yes. So if you're not leading your most fulfilled life, the time to take action on that is now. So 10 years from now you've created an intentional life where you're really living a very fulfilled life because I've, you know, I've discovered that making money is great and I've made a lot of it and it's wonderful, but it is not the thing that fulfills me. The thing that fulfills me is pouring into others and helping other people make a defining difference in their own lives. And so, you know, getting that clarity about what fuels you and shining a brighter light on that and helping you step into the best version of you is one of my greatest gifts as a coach and being able to help you see your own brilliance, right? Yeah. It's really the greatest gift. I love how you blend the two of your personal and your professional worlds to make you be the better person. And when I say you, I mean you in plural of how you have to work on yourself to, to blend those two. Because what we hear all the time is that balance. There is no balance. How do I balance? How do I balance? And as we're all striving to balance, 
it's really hard because there is no such thing as balance. It's truly what you teach and what you coach on of blending um, both of them to find, you know, your, your defining difference. <laughs> so, so, well, I think so much of it and thank you so, so much. And I, I think so much of it is like, there's who we've been in the world. Right. And, and that may be just exactly where you want to be. I mean, I've had some people just say to me, look, I don't want you to coach me around business. I got this, but I want you to coach me on learning to let go and empowering my team and giving myself permission to have a life because a lot of top performers are great at what they do, right? But they're not being great parents. They're not spending time with their children or their spouse and their marriages are falling apart. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying that it's, it, for me, it's not just about balance. It's about fulfillment. Right. So I think that's really what we're seeking is how to have a fulfilling life. And so that's why I love business strategy. It fuels me because I think I'm good at it and I'm a great strategist, but the reality is we got to look at all the different components. That's why we talk about seven different key areas of your life, because if you're not healthy, none of it matters, right? right. So we've got to build our life kind of as a complete circle. And we're kind of growing those components together so we can create better habits, go to bed earlier, eat better, create healthy habits. I have morning practices because it all starts here. You know, Tony Robbins always says the greatest work we can ever do is the work we do on ourselves, And I fully believe that we can't become the best version of who we are in business or in life unless we work on the inner job too, you know, the inner part of our soul and look at our own bad habits and our own, you know, ways of being. And I, I'm a growth junkie. So it's part of my day-to-day -day practice every single day of my life. Right. And I agree with that. And I'm trying to get better at that myself, <laughs> which you know, um, I have a couple more questions here and I also have questions from our audience, which is amazing. So someone said, um, what has motivated you to persevere in this industry through difficult times? That is a very good question right now. Cause it's, tough, right. It takes so much fortitude. And part of the reason I started mortgage mastermind elite. Sue was for this very reason. Um, I think it's, it, it, this is a team sport. It's really tough to do this job on your own. You need a lot of support around you. You not only need tools and resources and ways to expand your business, but you need a lot of mental and moral support to keep your mindset in the right place when things get tough, because it is a tough business. There's so many different components of our business today from, it's one thing to go build the referral partners to get a you know, loan in the door. It's another thing to take it through the system and have the processes and the right company and the tools and, and then, you know, all the marketing and the follow-up campaigns, there's a lot, right? So I, one of the reasons I started the mastermind group was the power of the collective mind. So right. it's not just getting coached by me, but it's the power of having a collection of top people around you that can support each other through really challenging times. And the other thing is, seek help and support, you know, don't do this on your own, whether it be seeking Facebook groups, whether it's seeking network groups, whether it's starting your own, I just taught everybody how to build their own network group. Right. But I think it's really important to surround yourself with great people, empowering people that are going to fuel you to grow because it takes a lot to keep our mindset positive on a day-to-day -day basis in a business that is so incredibly stressful. 
so incredibly stressful. I totally agree. That was a great question. Okay, here's a great another one. We have a great audience today. They're asking lots of fabulous questions, which I love. I love. That. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give an LO during these rising rates? Well, look, I look at it a little bit differently after being in the business on the front line for over 30 years, right. going through so many different markets. And I think the challenge of what's gone on the last few years is that people think this is a bad market or a really big challenging market. And yes, does it bring new challenges when interest rates escalate? But this is the way I want you to think about it. You need to just realize we're back to a normal market. And it's funny because for so many of my years in my career, we would have killed for these rates. And yeah. I was successful at 7% and 8% and 9%. And so the, I want you to just think about putting blinders on because I'm not suggesting you put your head in the sand. But the reality, Sue, is I have some of my clients right now today having record-breaking months. One of my clients is doing $22 million this month. Right. She did $20 million last month. One of my other clients is doing $20 million in Dallas this month. So they're putting blinders on. They're not listening to the noise. There's This is the third largest mortgage uh, year in mortgage history. So we've got to ignore the bad news because the reality is people need mortgages and we have to set the stage. I just put a guide together that I'm going to use for a new training around you know questions to call your past client base with to do a touch base because the reality is a lot of people are getting business today by really communicating with your past clients. And when I'm coaching, I'll say, well, are you calling your past client database? And they'll say, no, I email them, but I don't call them. And I said, well, you said you're slow. You hardly have any business. So either you or your assistant pick up the phone. I'm going to give you a guide and call and ask the questions because we need to set the stage and educate them for why people are refinancing, right? It's not just for rate. People refinance for debt consolidation. A lot of people have racked up a lot of debt in the last couple of years. People refinance to take cash out for college educations. They refinance to buy second properties and investment properties. And there's so much just to diversify because there's so much equity in properties right now. So, so much. got to educate our clients and then turn around and call the referring partner, the person that referred you and give them an update on your client. And it's a double win and a double value proposition for them. So to some degree, you got to put blinders on and get in front of more people because one of the guys on my call last week, Sue, you weren't on that call, but he said, I went to 10 open houses. He's been in the business 25 years and he went to 10 open houses on a Sunday last weekend and had a half hour conversation with 10 realtors and got three additional appointments with those realtors. And he just went cold after being in the business 25 years because he had to get back to basics. Brilliant strategy right now. Brilliant. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Uh, how do another one? Uh, and I might, might go a little bit over. So if you can give me an extra couple minutes to get to these questions, that would be awesome, Cindy. Absolutely. Um, that time. Thank you. Uh, how do you stay motivated when you lose a deal? Oh, it's the worst. It is. I mean, look, <laughs> you're talking to the queen of take things personally, right? Because I care so much. It is the worst when you put in so much time and energy. And, you know, there's no easy way to get over it other than through it. But I do recommend something. First of all, just understand that it's not about you, right? Most of the time, it's not about you. Sometimes it's about rates. Sometimes it's about you know, another opportunity. But the reality is you want to stay kind. 
you want to stay positive with this person because I also cannot tell you how many times in my career I lost a deal and about 50% of the time they came back to me because their loan blew up in the process. So that happened quite a bit. Secondly, um, I remember Michelle Town. She has a whole program around you dump me, but I love you anyway. And so she puts in her calendar for 30 days later to call that client and do a check-in. And even though they may have closed with another lender for a better rate, most of them had a tough experience and vowed they would never go back to that lender again. And she rebuilt relationships with people that left her. And she actually would send them, put them into the database and do follow-up with them. And they ended up referring her business on a pretty consistent basis. So don't assume that, you know, you might have you might have lost the battle, but it doesn't mean you lost the war. Correct. Correct. And I had start I've started to do that since we spoke to Michelle Town um, in one of our sessions. Uh, in this team sport industry, how would you recommend building your team? Well, it is my most fun thing to coach on, as you know, Sue. It's all about the team. And to me, it just is the thing that gives us the fuel. So Obviously, if you're just starting out, I always say you want to work towards building the team, even if you're sharing a loan officer assistant for a period of time, because and I know, you know, many coaching models will say, you know, you can handle up to about seven loans on your own. And once you get past that per month, you need an assistant. And I always say you need one before you think you need one, because no. you get to that place and then you've got to go find them and train them. And usually within 90 days, I find they pay for themselves. So um, I highly recommend, and particularly now there's so much talent on the market with companies constricting and people being laid off. But if you're in a place where you can lean into either sharing an LOA, an assistant, and staying focused on, you need to have a percentage of your day focused on income and relational activities, meaning you are meeting with people, you're educating your clients, you're educating your realtor partners, and you're outside of your office and you're actually out in the real world. Um, and if, you know, Zoom is a great alternative, but this, this idea of just sending emails just and texting people is great, but it doesn't build connected relationships. So um, I say, if you can do it, you know, if you can, if you can get support from a company to begin to build a team, start with a great LOA, the key is to train them. As you know, I have major hiring processes around how to do that. I believe I use the DISC 2.0 profile system to, we want to make sure D is kind of their drive. I is their influence skills. So if they need to talk to clients, they've got to be a high I. S is support. Do they, are they really a great support person? And C is my number one for an LOA or processor. They have to be conscientious and detailed. So they have to be high C on a DISC profile. But um, if you can do, because it's the only way to scale your business and it's a lot more fun when you have a team around you to support you to do it. It is fun. And once you get the right team with you, it definitely, you know, builds momentum. Without uh, question. That's a super question. How do you gain an agent's respect or and business when you are a new agent? You know, I, it's a, such a good question. And what I want you to think about is, what are your three genuine and greatest strengths as a human, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, for me, one of mine would be communication. And so just if you're a great communicator, get really clear on what your three greatest strengths are 
and really look at your company. What is your company's three greatest strengths and get clear on those six strengths because you can, you know, really being able to speak to those strengths. So as an example, communication is one of my strengths. So what I did is I thought to myself, I look at everything as a marketing opportunity, Sue, and I know you do too. I agree. But I, I looked at it going, okay, well, we communicate like, seven different key milestones of the loan, right? So I'm like, we do this inherently. So I put together, actually, I put together a 10-point communication plan. And I just did it on a Word doc, put a logo on it. And it was Cindy Ertman's 10-point milestone, mortgage milestone communication plan. And so when I meet with a realtor, I would say, you know, if I have the opportunity to work with you, Mr. Realtor, I get really excited about sharing our 10-point mortgage communication plan because communication is one of the biggest areas where things falter in the loan process. And you will never have to call us for a status update. We will be calling you on these 10 milestones of the loan and every Tuesday. So even though I wasn't super experienced out of the gate, think about the value propositions you can bring to them. Are you strong at marketing? Do you, are you great at social media like Sue Meitner, if not follow Sue Meitner around social media, right? Think about what you're inherently good at and help realtors be better at that. Maybe you're great at database marketing, you know, managing a CRM. Realtors are not so great at that all the time, right? So really hone in on what your personal greatest strengths are and just shine a brighter light on those until you have, and then just find a mentor, you know, get somebody that you can connect with, take them to dinner or lunch once in a while, someone that can be a little bit of a mentor that you can have a go-to person that if you have, yeah, the, my favorite line when I was new is, that's a great question. Let me go find out and I'll get back to you, you know, because you don't know everything, but you can go ask and get back to them. And, and getting back to them is that second point of doing what you've said you're going to do and following up. I think that's so important. I also asked to say, I always did that too, because then you're making them gain your trust. Right. You know, guidelines change every single day. I'm going to double check my guideline on that. I'm going to call you back in a couple of hours. You know, just I did it until I knew the guidelines, right? Because, and honestly, they change all the time. You're never going to know all the guidelines. So I didn't get caught up on that. And I get that it's scary when you're new. What is my value proposition? But so much of it is, you know, just like I said, shine, shining the light on what you're really good at instead of what you're not. Yeah, that's, that is fantastic. Somebody does have a follow-up question with regards to the open house. They said, do you ask the realtor showing the open house beforehand or just show up at the open house? Just show up. It's how I built my business. I literally just, it's how I built my business. So uh, what this gentleman did, and I did the same thing, is he took a little treat bag. He took a bottled water, took an apple, took a snack, take a protein bar, throw your business card in and just take them a little snack pack um, and just show up at the open house. I always made a point. This sounds a little silly, but this is how I built my career. Um, I went to open houses on the weekend. I would take in the little snack bag. I would introduce myself. I never threw my card on the stack of cards because other realtors, right, are coming through this house. I always put my card in their hand, introduce myself and try to have a conversation I would try to walk the house first so I could find something in that home that was worthy of a conversation. Maybe it was a phenomenal backyard or a great kitchen or it had so much potential, you know, whatever, great neighborhood, great schools, whatever it may be. 
and then engage in a conversation and just ask the realtor about how long have you been in business? How long have you been doing this? What kind of response have you gotten from the open house? How are you finding the current market? What are some of your challenges that you're finding? You know, how, what are you doing to market your business? Just ask some quality questions. So you're forming a connection and then either get their card or take a picture of the listing sign if they're the listing agent. And then I put all those realtors on a follow-up campaign. I'd go back to my office and write a handwritten thank you note. I would do a drip campaign on them for six weeks, put them into my database. And then the goal was to create value for them and build relationship. And that's how, that's how I ended up winning a relationship with one of the number one agents in West LA that was responsible for a huge part of my income for the next five years. Wow. Without That's no fantastic. <laughs> That's all fantastic. What, how do you feel about handwritten notes? I keep every handwritten note has ever been sent to me. So I think mm -hmm. they're incredibly powerful. I got three last week alone. I reread them. I have a drawer right to the left of <laughs> where I'm sitting and my handwritten notes go in there. When I was in the mortgage space, I kept a binder with sleeves and I put them all in the sleeves. And I'll tell you, if you're having a bad day, you know, go back and read your handwritten notes of thanks, but they're so valuable because, you know, so few people do them. And if you don't like your handwriting, I, you know, also use handwritten H A N W R Y T T E N.com. They'll write it for you. <laughs> so you can write the message some, you know, some people have said, but I have the worst handwriting. So use handwritten.com. But it's, um, it's such a simple and yet valuable tool. Well, Cindy, we've answered all the questions. You've answered the majority of my questions. And it has been a pleasure to have you on our show. I, um, you've made my life be brighter. And I so respect you for everything you've done in the mortgage industry. I mean, when they say that you're I think you got the top 100 most influential women for five years in a row. And you are one of those influential women that I look up to. And um, I appreciate you being in this industry and sharing your light with everyone. What um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, my website is cindyertman.com, C-I-N-D-Y-E-R-T-M-A-N.com. Um, you can email us at info at cindyertman.com and I'd be happy to share with you the different pro coaching programs that we offer to see if there's something that would be the right fit for you. And frequently, if it's not, you know, I'll refer you off to somebody else because I know most of the great coaches in America. So, and so I also just want to shine a light on you because I was so excited when you launched this podcast because it's so in your wheelhouse. You have so much brilliance to share and you bring so much joy and bright light and spirit to everybody around you. And you also have been such a big influencer in this industry. And I just want to say thank you for all of your support and all of your efforts and all that you do to help other people. Well, we were, um, the universe wanted us to meet and they kept on telling me to call you. <laughs> so I am so thankful to have you in my life and thank you so much. If anyone wants to get in touch with either Cindy or I will put all their information um, in our website. And thanks for being with us today. We look forward to see you on the next Grab Your Keys and get on with the rest of your day and grab your keys. Thank you all. Thanks, thanks. Sue.